brothers and sisters, Chapo is hitting the road soon. If you were hoping to see us in Charlotte and Nashville, too late, sold out. Get the tickets while they're hot if you are in Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, Austin, and New Orleans. Their tickets are going fast. So please go to chapotraphouse.com slash live and buy tickets to come see us do our tour of the South. Gentlemen, any further thoughts? If you miss if you miss this, you know, because like, let's be honest, the South is 15 years behind everyone else. Right. In 10 years, Chapo mania is going to sweep the southern states. <laughs> Everyone's going to get really into Bernie Sanders. Uh, 12 years later, it's it's gritty time and you're going to hate us. But you have a two year window where it's like actually pretty sick to be into us. And do you want to? And you will have the cred. You will have been there early. Yeah, you were like, I was actually a day one listener, like six years after they started. So, do, like, do you do you want that or not? Like, do you do you, do you want to? Because I'm pretty much assuming every girl in this house still gets like Monroe piercings. Do you want to impress those girls? <laughs> this is the only way in like two years. So, you know, be there, be there, or go fuck yourself. Because we're never coming back to your fucking shithole. Nope, this is it. Fuck you. This is it. Especially since my whole plan is for this tour to end with us literally being uh, chased out of New Orleans by an angry mob for doing a uh, too good an impression of their accent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to be so angry at how, how uh, uncannily accurate it is that, that they'll, they'll decide that I'm a witch and, uh, and drive us out of town on a rail. If successful, the tour will end with a fan boat chase through the bayou. Yeah, Absolutely. I want to uh, be jumped by goons in Atlanta, and I want them to strip me naked and then put on the incredibly tight jeans they wear in that city onto me. <laughs> I think there are location-specific punishments for all of us, just like Dante's uh, Seven Layers of Hell. Um, in Dallas, we will be renting an open-top car. We will be renting an open-top Lincoln <laughs> Continental and driving through the streets yes. of Dallas. Um, I'll, be, I'll be checking out a movie at a certain theater in Dallas um, if you'd like to come arrest me. Um. Yeah. No. We, we're 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 working on it. Yeah. We will see you there. Um. We said we would never do it. Uh. This time we mean it. After we do it this time, we're never doing it again, ever. Until the next time we do it. Of course. Yeah. Uh. Tickets. Tickets available. chapotraphousecom slash live. Greetings, friends. It's your Chapo coming to you Monday, February 7th, 2022. Uh, friends, the world is a scary place. And from time to time, we here at Chapo must consider what the adversaries of America are up to. What are, the, what are their intentions? How do they see themselves? How do they see the world? How do they see America? And most importantly of all, what movies are they making? What, what are their movies like? And how, do their, how does their film culture portray this? Because, you know, you've got Russia, Vlad Vladimir Putin. He has his designs on the Ukraine, or should I say Ukraine. Uh, and then President Xi. He is looking at Taiwan, and they are looking at America. Will we stop them? Will our movies be able to stand up to theirs? I don't know any Russian movies. Haven't seen a Russian movie, and I can't even remember how long. Not even going to go there. So today, we will be talking about China, and in particular, 
the basically recruitment films for the People's Liberation Army, Wolf Warrior 1 and Wolf Warrior 2. Friends, if I can say one thing about these movies, it, it is simply this. Those who violate China will be punishable even if they are far away. <laughs> yeah, th these are amazing. This is an amazing movie. <laughs> and let me just tell you, I've seen Russian movies. I've seen both types of Russian movies. I've seen the kind they made during the Cold War, called a movie that's called like The Skeleton Key, and it's five and a half hours long, and uh, the Russians very foolishly thought that they could beat America culturally by making very emotionally raw, uh, evocative, subtle five-hour-long films was not the case. I've seen the Russian movies they've made after we turned them into Americans, and they literally the only genre of movie in Russia now is Independence Day. That's the only <laughs> movie that they make. That's the where, only where, where everyone's movie. a vampire for some reason. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're invaded by, like, aliens who are vampires who are clearly a metaphor for, like, Avars. But... Um, Wolf Warrior shows the difference between Russia and China. You know, they got, it's sort of like Venom. China got bitten by the American symbiote, but they used it <laughs> yep. to their advantage to make what America used to make, which is an amazing mid-tier action movie. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, here's the thing about Wolf Warrior 1 and 2. Uh, we've sort of we sort of d uh, divided our labors here. Uh, we watched Wolf Warrior one. Matt watched Wolf Warrior two. So we have full spectrum Wolf Warrior coverage. And I guess to begin with here, I will say you know I mean it's been very it's very chic, uh, uh, you know, to talk about how how much money the CIA or the Pentagon spends on Marvel movies and what they get in return for it. Folks, I'm here to tell you that the People's Liberation Army, whatever their whatever the, our government is spending on action movies, the People's Liberation Army is spending more. We cannot allow an action movie gap, is what I'm saying here, because uh, citizens, the, the, the admonishments of Chairman Xi are gentle and fall like rain, but if you insult the People's Republic, the wolf warriors will be coming for you. Wolf yeah. Warrior, okay, so this is a, this is a series of action films uh, directed by and starring uh, the Chinese martial arts uh, you know, film acting extraordinaire, uh, Wu Jing. Um, they, uh, the first one um, was, I think it made $900 million at the international <laughs> box office. And um, not only that, but uh, the term wolf warrior has been officially adopted by the Chinese state to, as a term to uh, refer to what uh, under President Xi is referred to as wolf warrior diplomacy. And when we get into wolf warrior two, I think that's like specifically what they're referring to. But basically it means that like, you know, no, no more will China sort of like, um, uh, play rope a dope, or kind of like hide its power, or play, or play a conservative sort of like a like you know a running game. Like no, they're going big. They're flexing their muscles on the world stage, and it is through movies, the the greatest art form of all, through which they will demonstrate this this not just military might, not just technological and economic power, but cultural power, as seen in the perfect tight ninety minute action movie. That is, um, it is a mirror to something promised by Secretary Tony Blinken, uh, who, who outlined his plan in January of 2021 to initiate marriage story diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lifestyle he is bringing to other nations. <laughs> All right. So, uh, just, just overall here, um, uh, so like, how would you describe uh, the, the Wolf Warrior movies? Before we get into the plots of each of them, what do we make of their, their star, Wu Jing? And what do we make of like, just sort of the style of film that, that, that uh, the Chinese state is uh, attempting here? 
just tonally the the merger of like Chinese film vocabulary with as yeah Felix was saying the mid budget action movie. The way it comes off, I could only describe it as like if Michael Bay produced a Tommy Wiseau directed propaganda film for the Chinese military. Yeah, there are there are things in this movie that like I sort of held off on criticism because I don't know how much of it is like weird screenwriting or like, yeah, a Wiseauian touch and how much of that is like, oh, is that just like is that like a joke about like Chinese bureaucracy? Is that just like. <laughs> is this interaction like n- normal, you know? Yeah, exactly. But but like the, the thing that's nice about it is instead of being like off putting and taking you out, it, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. the meat of the movie is, you know, people being murdered with a minigun and all, <laughs> all, all, all the, like all the character moments, all the like japes and jokes are like so specific to Chinese culture that you cannot hope to understand them yes. unless you're like a really weird American who <laughs> you know reads about other countries. But like yeah yeah there's like there's a scene where after they deploy they're like they're literally hopping they're hopping like they're playing hopscotch yes. and they're like they're <laughs> they're like uh, if you want a woman like La- Long Zheyong, who's their commander you have to misbehave. Who who could get a great woman like the Wolf Warriors? And I'm, you know, I'm like, is this a weird thing or is it normal to do this if you're in the Chinese military? I don't know, but I don't care because it's it's I'm having a great time. See, this, the Chinese military is still a generation behind our military when it comes to ribald chants that you can sing with your friends. You know, I don't know, but I've been told Eskimo pussy is mighty cold in the Wolf Warrior Battalion. Uh, like the little jingles that they sing to amp themselves up are like um, all Wolf Warriors want a good wife. You can achieve one with discipline. Yeah, I think I think like if more Americans see this movie, which they will like because of us, they're, they're going to it's going to create a cascade effects. Uh after a week of this episode being out, so many suffering girlfriends in America are going to have seen this movie. <laughs> Believe you me. Maybe the last movie they see in the relationship, but they will see it. But but like I think I think like what the the thing where they do ribald chants that also, you know, at the same time, instead of being like, oh, uh, like full metal jacket. Oh, I'm going to fuck a cow in the ass. Oh, uh, it's like, you know, I'm. I, I will develop my body and mind and be great to get a wife. I could see, <laughs> you know, can, okay, can't Felix, you see American kids doing that? Yeah, but okay, Felix, a week from now, you're right. Suffering girlfriends all over the country will be exposed to the Wolf Warrior movies, which means that their failed boyfriends will also be exposed, exposed to it. But um, a, a, as a, a sort of um, uh, aspirational uh, uh, masculine icon, uh, the figure of um, uh, sol- the soldier, Lang-, Lang Dang, I believe his name is Lang in the Fang. movies. Lang Fang, played by uh, Wu Jin. Um, it- it's sort of like uh, like similar to the, uh, the-, the-, the Chinese kung fu movies. You know, like the-, the Chinese hero like embodies like sort of um, uh, Confucian virtues of like humility, honor, and fighting on behalf of uh, others. You know, like there's no, uh, they have to like defer, you know, kind of braggadocio and like it's, it's about how, you know, helping others. And it, it, I think it, rather than the, uh, the awful, the awful soy infected um, Marvel superhero uh, masculine icon of just like, you know, the, the quips and, and, and bants and, and sort of meta, meta kind of like a self-effacing, uh, you know, I, I, ironic, uh, emasculate, emasculization. Is that a word? I don't know. 
but yes, no, the, the, he, the, the wolf warrior is a simple man fighting for honor and who wants a girlfriend. He just wants a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. He will fight for China and to achieve a girlfriend who is his commanding officer. There is no soy in this movie, which is pretty interesting because I would say China probably has more hectares, however you say that word. <laughs> hectares. <laughs> hectares. Hectares. The hectare <laughs> of uh, soybean production than America. You know, we're just like being, we're looking at the size of both places and like how important it is to the diet. Of, but we're, pro- I mean, honestly, we're probably equal now. Who, who cares? But I like we export soy to China actually at this point. Mm, they yeah, love it. No, they can't get enough of our soy. They're eating. It shows it's not the soy. It's like the mojo in Austin Powers, or the opposite <laughs> of it. It doesn't matter whether you eat the soy or not. It matters like how much you internalize it. Because they're eating all our like Conagra soy. But look at their action star. Their action stars are dude. It's Wu Jing. It's it's the hero Lang Fang who is stoic. He's honorable when he does that. When he disobeys, he's a little bit silly. Up, He's got He's a little silly, bit of silliness. He's a little bit of silliness. Okay, okay. This is something that I now believe after you said this. Silliness is the antidote to soy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, soy, that's, that's very true because the whole the thing that makes soy so uh, insufferable is its self-consciousness. It's afraid to be anything. It's afraid to commit to anything. It has to hedge everything to be above uh, any, everything. But being silly is a commitment that yes. soy pussies will not make. It is the cringe and base di- uh, dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Being soy is cringe. Being silly is base. Yep. Silly. So what do you do when you're soy? You never stop being soy. It, it, yeah. it, no, no matter if you're doing a podcast, you're doing like a true crime podcast or, you know, you think the, the election is going to be stolen or uh, there's a fucking <laughs> pandemic. You know, it, you're still you're still having this bullshit, annoying affect, this weird disconnect. If you're silly, it's like, okay, work is done for now. Time to play hopscotch and <laughs> sing a revolt chant and, and uh, like, uh, make a joke about, you know, make fun of my friend. And once silly time is over, that's when we resume our mission. And so, like, think about who's silly. Shamar Moore. Lang Feng. Uh, that's it. But uh, <laughs> are these guys okay. soy? No. Uh, here's an example from the film itself. Um, our hero um, will will you know uh, seamlessly transition from um, being agonized over having to potentially shoot his commanding officer in the head at his request to stop other soldiers from getting hit by a sniper, and then he'll just stick his tongue out to his friends and they'll be like, "Ha ha ha ha!" Yeah, yeah. So yeah, soy is soy is insecurity. Soy is you can never commit to anything because you're afraid of being made fun of. Silliness is like I you maybe you're gonna laugh at me and think I'm a frivolous person, but I know that's okay because I'm I'm the soul I'm the one soldier in the entire PLA who can wall bang people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, here okay, so let, let's go into the Wolf Warrior one. So okay, like the film begins with a kind of like commando raid on a drug lab that goes bad. You know, like shit's blowing up, and uh, like our hero is in like Overwatch. He's he's a sniper. He's an expert marksman, and like it goes bad, and like the 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 head of the drug lab like uh, takes a hostage, and he's hiding behind this like very thick concrete wall, and uh, a wolf warrior is like, you know, in the headset, like he's, he's not authorized to take the shot because it's like a former chemical factory and the concrete is simply like too, it's too thick. It's, it's, in, it's industrial 
uh, chemical factory style concrete that you can't shoot through. So he is not authorized to take the shot. But like, you know, his comrades are in danger. So what does he do? He fucking he takes the shot not once, not twice, but three times in the exact same space in the ultra reinforced concrete weakening it each time he puts the same bullet in the same spot each time and on the third try it goes straight through the dude's head hostage saved but he his career in the army is over because he disobeyed a direct order to save it's to save his comrades and you know like you know action movie trope even in china there is a stupid chief it's like god damn it Lang thing we told you not to take the <laughs> shot and he was just like it is an honor to do my duty and serve the People's Republic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and they're like, they're like, why did you take the shot? Were you thinking of killing someone? And he was like, no, I was thinking only of saving the lives of my comrades. It is an honor to do my duty. Yeah. No, he's not like, it's not like an American sort of cool anti-hero where it's like, you know, fuck you, fuck you. You'd want those hostages to die. You, you know, like Dirty Harry. He's like. <laughs> Just like I eagerly accept my punishment. He's awesome. Uh, I also like I like how the the stupid CO, uh, the stupid, yeah, the stupid, the equivalent of the stupid chief in this movie is like, oh, this is level nine uh, industrial concrete that was uh, first invented in a laboratory in Guangzhou in 2014. It cannot withstand it can withstand the bullets of uh, 7.62. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, show me the equivalent American. The equivalent American is like already crashing an A-10 warthog into that building and being like, the, the terroristic individuals uh, well, killed the hostages before we crashed the plane. All right, so, uh, so like, okay, then it's like the, the guy, like the, 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 the drug lord who's like in Southeast Asia, who's like, uh, you know, in, in control of the drug lab or whatever. There's like a command, there's like a SWAT team raid on his, on his place. And he's just kind of like calmly smoking a cigar, doing Chinese brush painting, and you think he's getting arrested, but no, like he is uh, uh, like just as he's being arrested is like broken out, saved by a team of uh, all Caucasian mercenaries <laughs> <laughs> who slaughter, slaughter the SWAT team and free him. And they are led by the God. And we can, we can actually like make a slight digression about the interesting career of Scott Adkins, the God of direct to video movies, Scott Adkins. Scott Atkins, one of like the best martial artists like working in film is 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 he's the leader of the like the 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 elite mercenary unit that is paid by this drug lord to like free him from jail. But ah, not just that. His brother was the head of the drug lab, the guy who was shot through concrete. That was his younger brother. And he's putting a hit out on the wolf warrior. So they really go through pains to show that the uh, the bad guys in this movie are essentially like the guys who founded Black Rifle Coffee. Yes. Exactly. They are all like Oakley wearing shitheads and, and like and then like made up of the the like the best of the best of like all of the all of their foreign countries like special forces. And the Adkins character is they make clear to, they make they go to pains to say that he is a former Navy SEAL. I really appreciated the portrayal of the uh, operators in this movie, uh, you know, be because they are portrayed as basically like frat boys like drunken frat boys whereas the uh the pla guys as we said are like good earnest like school kids basically uh but but like it it, it doesn't quite get into the cartoonish level but it, it feels very accurate from the perspective of a chinese national you know absolutely they're very, they're very good at going up against that line where it would be like their cartoon like 
that Turkish movie, Valley of the Wolves. Oh God, yeah, like we've, they, we've they, said they all, we're gonna yeah watch for like seven all years. The, uh, all the but, soldiers in that look like WWE wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, literally, all the soldiers in Valley of the Wolves are like, like even when their lines aren't dubbed, they sound dubbed, and they're just like they're just skulking around, being like, "Time to rape more infants for Jews." <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay guys i know you don't like nato but like maybe maybe this this could have used some table reads and rewrites <laughs> but but uh the characters in this movie yeah they say they seem very realistic to the seals that we know and love the ones that we profiled <laughs> the eddie and gallagher's of the world they're the very yeah, very eddie gallagher and yeah as as chris said our heroes it's like they would never do like they will they will happily like sacrifice their life for the greater good, yet they love having silly fun with their friends. <laughs> They're not harming anyone actually, except for rotten the, people. The Eddie Gallagher comparison is actually more in line with the portrayal of American soldiers in Valley of the Wolves than this movie. Because like, you know, these guys are hardened killers and badasses, but like they're essentially they are professionals. Whereas Eddie Gallagher was just a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, they um, are. They're portrayed as worthy adversaries. Yeah, it, it is a a kind of fine, subtle line that I was surprised how well they pulled off. And also, like uh, uh, the Scott Adkins character, he goes by the code name Tomcat. <laughs> code name Tomcat is the best mercenary in the world. And like you know, like when, when they're doing their mission against the, the the Wolf Warrior unit, like he like he tells his guys, he's like, don't underestimate them. Like you know, like you like you know, like until you're up against them, like you can't disrespect them or whatever. So like there, there's mutual respect here. And I would also like to point out the scene that where I knew I was in for a fun time watching this movie is that like after after the mercenaries have like freed the drug lord, there's like one Chinese cop that's still breathing. <laughs> and the drug lord takes a minigun and unloads it into his chest <laughs> on the ground. So like classic 80s action movie bad guy style shit. Meanwhile, uh, they, they, they they do um a really stylistic like almost uh fuck. What's that? Oh yeah, that you know that movie uh Kickass. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like yeah. it very reminds me of something from Kickass or Shoot 'em Up, one of those like very uh self-aware like silly action films uh that are pretty fun. They have it so that uh, while the mer mercenaries are midi gunning the shit out of the SWAT team and pe bodies are flying and cars are exploding, the guy never moves. The drug lord, he never, yeah, 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 he yeah, never yeah, stops yeah. smoking it's a cigar. And it's like, yeah, it's another thing this movie does where it's on the verge of being cartoonish, but it's like, this is actually cool. Like the drone shot you got for this is awesome. The guy is like a pretty good convincing triad leader. Um, I do. I I like how when he talks about his brother, he's like, he was always so eager to prove that he was a man, but I always <laughs> knew he was going to get wall banked. It was just the type <laughs> of guy he was. Okay, so we uh, we're introduced to the bad guys, but like meanwhile, our hero is is he's in he's in he's he's serving his sentence. He's in military confinement, like awaiting you know dishonorable discharge from the PLA. But then he is visited in his cell. By like the you know like a, a sexy lady who's a you know an officer in the PLA and she is there to recruit him into the elite wolf unit of like the Chinese special forces and the way she sort of like interviews him for this job is sort of like she's like you know we're selecting you because you disobeyed orders and there's like a fifty percent chance you can be a wolf warrior or a fifty percent chance it's like a coin flip whether you're going to get drummed out of the military or you're exactly the guy we're looking for so here's the test and she breaks out a bottle of like that like 
uh, high test like sorghum liquor that Ping's eye drinks <laughs> and makes him chug it. Like he has to do the tornado to get like 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 invited to join the Wolf Warriors. She like she gets him drunk and then asks him about his childhood. Essentially, <laughs> the this movie's relationship to drinking is very funny and interesting. I also really appreciate that he is uh, just pouring sweat in this scene. <laughs> just like absolutely sheets coming off of him. He is he is very wet the entire movie. The liquor thing, I had to rewind the scene because it's it, the presentation of liquor was so unfamiliar to me. It looked like it was like a container of acrylic paint. And I was like, is that what she's having him do? I mean, I don't know. But yeah, no, it is it is a very utilitarian bottle of liquor, but yeah, he turns up. So yeah, he has to do the Peng's Eye drinking challenge to join the Wolf Warriors. Yes. But he does, and then they're like, we're only looking for tough guys, and you're a tough guy. And then they're like, and one of my favorite scenes in the movie, they're like, okay, let's see how tough you are. And they just like strap him to a helicopter by like a, you know, like a, a rope. And then just like the helicopter takes off and they just like carry him to the, the Wolf Warrior unit. And I was like, this actually looks really fun. This doesn't seem like that much of a test of endurance because he's like running and doing the running man. He's doing the running man. And I was like, looks really fun. So then they drop him off in the wolf warrior unit and he's like all alone. But then he realizes like they're all around. They drive like 15 tanks up to him. And then like all the frogmen come out of the swamp and they're like, they're like, you think you're tough enough to be a wolf warrior? We don't like you. Like you, you, we, we, you allowed us to like, you know, uh, approach your position and you're a sniper. And he's like, sir, like if I am a sniper, and if I was in this position to begin with, it means that you have betrayed the, your country and army. And then they're like, "Ah, good answer." <laughs> it's so it's so sick because it shows like that being a being a it's like the five pillars of hip hop. To be a wolf warrior, you need you know physical fortitude, mental fortitude, uh, ready to drink the turpentine liquor. <laughs> um, uh, you're you're silly. But then the fifth thing is like logic. It's like using yeah. your brain, and he destroys them in this debate. And uh, like I, I, I do like that. Um, like when they said like the 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 wolf warrior like rallying cry is "We're the fucking best. Be humble." <laughs> and like I, 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 li- I like that dichotomy there because it's like, like th- this is what would be missing from like a, an American action movie. And they even go into this spiel about how like wolves are social animals. There are no lone wolves. There is only the team. You know, and like, and I just like the idea, like the lone wolf is like the that is the American archetype for like an action movie antihero. And in this, like the the concept of the wolves is like, no, it's the wolf pack. It's the wolf team. Even just like the sheer numbers, like if this was an American movie, you would maybe have like a core group of like five guys who would be characters. And that's like the unit. There are always like 60 wolf warriors around there. There's a bunch of them at all points. And I think this is legitimately like very good propaganda filmmaking because every time we see Scott Atkins and the mercenaries, it's always like, he's usually the only one talking. Everyone's Mm -hmm. subservient to him because he has to know he's better than everyone. But with the wolf warriors, it's an ensemble. And when all there, there are multiple scenes of like silliness, you know, sandwiched between like scenes of cool fights, uh, Including the one I thought egregious use of CGI in the movie. I was expecting them to use uh, real animals in this one scene we're going to bring up. But uh, they, you know, obviously our hero is Ling Fang, but he's you're never like, oh, he's better than all of them. Like, no, they're they're only as strong as their bonds. And mm-hmm. the, the star of the movie truly is the Wolf Warriors. 
beautiful. Um, so like, uh, the plot of the movie begins pretty fast because like, this is the movie. This is the part of the movie where I was like most confused by, is because like there, there's no like, oh like, how is he gonna like fit into his new unit or whatever? It just like transitions immediately to a war game that the wolf unit is doing against like another, uh, you know, battalion of like the the PLA or whatever. And, like, I was just sort of a little bit confused by that part. It took me a second to, like, realize what was going on. And, like, he's going up against his former unit. And, like, you know, he saves them from an ambush. And he, like, you know, he tags his former commanding officer in in the war game. He, like, takes him out with his sniper rifle. And they're like, damn, you really are tough. Like, if I was your former commanding officer, I'd kill you. Um, but then it gets... It gets pretty real because then, like the mercenaries find them, like in you know in the in the remote you know the, the, near the border of China, like in the forest, and like they start using real ammo and they kill one of the uh, one of the wolf comrades. And you, I, I knew this guy was not long for the world because in one of the silly moments, he shows his friends like the photo of his infant daughter in his helmet, and I was like, okay, that guy's getting tagged real quick. I mean, you get if you're in a war movie and you start showing pictures of your best girl or your kids back home, you're going home in a body bag pretty soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the, the, the scene that Felix alluded to, uh, the, at one point when they're like out in the middle of the night alone, they're attacked by an actual pack of wolves. And like in, in the one like very creaky uh, instance of this movie, a very bad CGI graphics. But once again, it was surprising because I was like, oh, they're the wolf unit. The wolves will be their friends and they'll bond <laughs> with the wolves. But it's like, no. They're just like fix, bayon- fix, fix bayonets, yeah, and they, they just like, like gut five like five guys wolves. just like ha- do hand to hand combat with like thirty CGI wolves and kill all of them. Yeah, and, like is, I was yeah. kind of hoping that they would be real animals, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not. We're not saying we really wanted them to kill wolves or that we wanted the amazing actors in this film to be endangered, but you know. They used real missiles. That was one of the things that I heard about this movie before, that they used actual missiles, <laughs> like actual seven-figure missiles, and, and, you know, set them off. But uh, The Chinese military hardware on display in this is uh, quite entertaining. Yeah. Uh, especially, when is the last time you guys saw an actual tank in a movie? There are 20 you know? of them in this movie. Yes. You know what? Like, America, we're done with tanks. China, they're still, they're just getting started with tanks. The stuff they do to tanks in this movie and how much they use, they made me realize how much I wanted this thing. I never knew I wanted. The Chinese, because this could never be made in America. Even if you made this in America with, like, not awful politics, it, it, it wouldn't be, they wouldn't do it a cool way. It would be all CGI. And no, no way. A Chinese movie about a Hezbollah unit blowing up Merkava's in the Le- in the <laughs> 2005 like that would be of Israel versus Lebanon 15 years ago versus that would be so fucking good to done in this style because you know they would build replica Merkava's and really blow them up and then the Merkava was the tank that they thought that was like was, would could never be penetrated by like mm-hmm. an, uh, an expl- like an explosive device or something like that and yeah. i think like the first one that crossed the border like jumped 15 feet in the air yeah Hezbollah turned those fucking tanks into air fryers <laughs> So, uh, so like it, it's no longer a war game; it's actually war because you know the the borders of the motherland of China have been you know uh, transgressed by foreign mercenaries who have killed a Chinese soldier, and then they like airdrop them all their real live ammo, and they're like, there's a scene where they just tool up, and like there's a moment where they 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 remove the wolf warrior unit patch from their their uniform because they're like it's is no longer about what unit we're in, and they all all of them throw on just a patch that says I fight for China in English it's the Chinese flag and it says I fight for China 
and then they like they just like they just run out and they're like they're 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 tracking these mercenaries who are going to try to cross the border and they're going to try I, to get them before they cross the border. I like the idea that PLA soldiers are assigned special badges for when shit gets real. It's like, you know, take off your normal badge and put this on if you if you really mean it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they absolutely do. You know, like the most of the second half of this movie is just like just like they're running through the woods shooting at each other and like, you know, getting fucked up by landmines and like a lot of the Chinese soldiers die. Like, like a lot of them die. And there's a scene where they get pinned down by a sniper that I uh, talked about earlier. And it's like there's sort of a flashback to um, uh, Leng Fang's father, who was also mm-hmm. in the Chinese military. And he found himself in a situation like the classic, the classic full metal jacket, like sniper setup, where like there's a sniper and they just keep injuring people. And then one after the other, like your friends try to like pop up and drag you out or, you know, uh, save your life. And then one by one, they all get taken out. And like Leng Feng's father is like the last one alive. And his commanding officer is like, please, brother, do me a favor and make it quick. And he has to like cry as he like just like kills his friend just to like, you know, stop his suffering and like end, you know, and end more soldiers dying to try to save him. Yeah. Yeah. This is um after in the first like quarter of the movie a pretty cute uh lang fang flashback scene where he's uh he's sort of like doing career day at school <laughs> and he, he remember that where he missed yeah yeah, and yeah. <laughs> like uh all the kids at school think his dad like left his family to fuck some woman and he goes <laughs> and, like just beats the shit out of the other kid they don't show him beating up the other kids i want to be clear but it's implied the last half of this movie is basically Predator if the Predator was Black Route Rifle Coffee Guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like there's a moment where like, uh, you know, Leng Fang like faces the same horrible dilemma that his father did where like his commanding officer is literally giving him an order to just blow, just shoot him in the head to like so that like other soldiers were stopped disobeying orders and just like, you know, popping up to get shot immediately. Um, but then like, you know, he, he's inspired in the moment and like he realizes that if they all shoot the same tree, they just cut it down and it like falls in front of him and they, like, he's able to sort of like, you know, crawl up on his stomach, grab the guy, save him from the sniper. Even though, And then he's like, you can you can put me in confinement when we get back. You know, he disobeys orders again. But, you know, it's sort of like um, it's his it's it's his braveness and his willingness to disobey orders that is both, you know, it's like it's not celebrated, but it's also what makes him such a special wolf warrior. Uh, there's a, like there's a, there's another moment where like the the Gatling gun guy is like this huge you know huge Western Caucasian man, and there, there's a there's a classic moment of like little guy fighting a big guy tactics that I enjoyed because like they take him down, uh, that was cool. Um, and then throughout the whole thing, it's just like the uh, the sexy commanding officer, like Leng Feng when he like steps on a landmine and has to defuse it. All he wants to know about is like, do you have a boyfriend? And there's this whole scene where they're in like the command center and there's like 15 like plasma TVs and like 20 people with headsets looking at satellite images. And he's like, Commander Long, I need to know, do you have a boyfriend? And everyone's just <laughs> waiting for her response. And then she's like, the, 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 the general is like, Commander Long, you're, he's awaiting your response. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah like, that's another, another example of shyness. Yeah. Yeah. That's silly. And like, think about the equivalent. Think about the equivalent in a western Western equivalent. How did you know? How does that go? It's probably like um, he's rescuing her, and he's like, "So, is there a Mister Commanding Officer?" <laughs> and they have a repulsive relationship, and then the next movie is all about their trauma. <laughs> this, it's all, it's all about silly fun. 
just jo- join the PLA and have silly fun with your homies. Like that, yeah. that is that is that is the main message of this movie. Uh, so like then there's another thing, another interesting tick. This movie was made in 2015. Um, there, there's some like uh, just like throwaway plot line that the uh, the bad guy, the main drug lord, is working with the biopharmaceutical sector in um vi- viral research. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like mm, the bad guy is working that it's with mentioned, the, the yeah. Wuhan virology lab to make like a genetic virus or something. Viruses show up in the second one too. It's like they were kind of trying to tell us something. <laughs> yeah. Babe Ruth calling the shot. <laughs> uh, um, and then it's just like, uh, like, like it's basically um, uh, Wolf Warrior is chasing Scott Atkins, and it's just basically the two of them are left, and it's just he's literally just running. And just like they're just like it's a foot race to the Chinese border, and there's a great moment earlier in the movie where the uh, the the Chinese general says, uh, like he's like this is a this is an ugly unremembered place, but the border of China is the most beautiful place to a soldier. It is what we must fight and die for. <laughs> <laughs> it is what we must fight and die to preserve. Um, and then just like that, there is a there is a final fight between um, Wu Jin and Scott Adkins, and I just got to say. Scott Adkins is is so goaded. I know we've talked about Avengement on the show before. We all we all loved when we saw Avengement. I'm a, and, you know, uh, was it Avengement or Revengement? Avengement, Revengement. I, I don't know. There was a lot of there's a lot of avenging and revenging going on in that movie. And then of course it was the, Avengement. It was it's amazing. It, we yeah, were talking the, about this re- when we started recording, but it's it's the Scott Adkins career. It, it's very interesting to be like the Tom Cruise of direct to DVD movies, like being the absolute pinnacle of success but still not quite ever able to break into actual hollywood but he's I mean, he, uh, he is a legend he's a champion you know the uh the the, the universal soldier franchise what he did with those movies like i mean insane um and then also like atkins is like he he he, he see this is the thing like he he possesses something and he's probably not used in hollywood because like what he possesses is our, our virtues that are like going unused. Actual in martial movies. arts skills, yeah, actual like he's, he's like, stuntman skills. Yeah, like he does the stunts, the fighting, and like he's he's a good actor, and like he conceivably like carries himself both in his physical skills and performance as like a legitimate badass and tough. If I was Scott Atkins, I would be so honored to get the call from Wu Jing being like, "We need you to be the manifestation of Western." of like Western evil badassery in our uh, Chinese uh, army movie. Think about every villain in any type of American action film. If you can call them that, you know, since the marvelization of American culture, every villain has been written by an AI to produce the maximum amount of slash fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're how badass they are, how cool they are, how interesting they are. It's all secondary because they're using techniques from Operation Freakout to convince <laughs> American teenagers to write gay fan fiction about them. Nothing else matters. We, we, Scott Atkins, he's better than that. And, you know, you can if you want. Look, if you just want to do that, if you want to write slash fiction where Lang Feng and uh, Tomcat, <laughs> those two characters fuck, that's, you know, knock yourself out. But you shouldn't be convinced to do it by mind control put forth by Disney. And uh, another thing I love about the Tomcat character is despite the pains they go to um, elucidate that he is a former U.S. Navy SEAL, the times he speaks in the movie, he's like, all right, listen, you cunts. I'm going to tell you one thing about these PLA. I'm going to tell you one thing about these PLA chefs. They ain't no fucking picnic. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so. All right, listen, you cunts, listen, you fucking cunt. I'm a former U.S. Navy SEAL. I've got the, I've got the Medal of Honor. It's up the apples and pears, ain't it? <laughs> you cunts don't want to be caught and put into one of the black categories. <laughs> <laughs> tell you, tell you, tell your geezers right now. <laughs> the way that they're doing it, the way that personal and community development happens in China is really something spectacular. <laughs> Guangzhou Steel and Iron Ore Corporation has already beaten expectations for financial years 2022. You fucking fucking lot think you can go up against that? That's not that far um, so off yeah, from the in, actual dialogue of the movie. Yeah. No, no, because like, the, like in, in, the fi- in the final showdown between Wolf Warrior and Tomcat, uh, they have a very cool like hand-to-hand combat, like knife fighting, um, extremely sick. And, it, and of course, it looks like uh, Tomcat has gotten, you know, it has defeated uh, Wolf Warrior and he's like prone and he's kicking him and, you know, he's 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 mocking him. And there's a scene where he's like he rips the I fight for China patch off of the Wolf Warrior's uniform. And he goes, he's like, he's like, you know, you call this the red zone for mercenaries. You're nothing but a bunch of Boy Scouts. And he goes, you fight for this. It makes no difference. It means nothing. It means bloody nothing. What I fight for money i fight for money and there's this and like he has this big ass like fucking like bowie knife like uh to the throat of wolf warrior and you think it's all over and then i i swear to God, i've never seen this in an action movie but it was fucking sick wolf warrior grabs his hand and like cuts into his throat just a little bit but just enough to like direct the knife just behind him into scott adkins throat and just drives it in. So he cuts his own throat a little bit to just jam that gigantic knife into Scott Atkins' throat. And once again, I, I feel like there's a little bit of ideology at play here because Wolf Warrior uses like a, like a small curved blade to fight. Very cool. And like he flips it around at one point and like sl- slices his wrist. Awesome. But like the big American like gigantic like K-bar knife, its giant size is ultimately what dooms Scott Atkins. Because the knife is just too big, and there's just too much of it, and just a little bit more force, it goes straight into his throat. Very and, cool. And the American would never think to uh, take, like, sacrifice a little bit to achieve his objective. Yes. Yeah. Wolf, Wolf Warrior. I think what he has could be classified as a karambit. I actually, I have the same knife that Scott Atkins has in this movie. I use it to open packages. <laughs> uh, I, I literally hold on. I'm gonna go get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't make this the episode. Me and Wolf Warrior side by side with our knives. One second, and then uh, Wolf Warrior wins the day, and then gets to go. Oh hell yeah! Look at that knife. Oh my god! There we go. <laughs> there we go. You think you can just use scissors when you're opening a, a probably fake barber coat from eBay? And you got it for one hundred fifty dollars? No, using the same shit that Scott Adkins used. <laughs> yeah, no, very very sick. Um, the only thing I've seen something like this, though, that sort of going through yourself is I don't think it's in the movie, but it's in the comic book of Sin City. Hardigan does something like this. Well, I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they are borrowing. They're, they're certainly borrowing from the West, um, yeah. in, 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 you know, in the, in the action movie format. Um, and then, you know, like uh, there, there's some, you know, the, the, the bad guy drug lord is trying to sneak across the border disguised as like, you know, a medevac unit or whatever. But, you know, that shit doesn't work. Wolf Warrior gets him. And, you know, it ends with. Uh, the general says, those who challenge China's resolve will have no safe place. 
And, uh, you know, then Wolf Warrior gets to be silly with his new girlfriend. Um, it's all good. And then I will say, I was very, very impressed to see my favorite thing in, like, in, in any Chinese action movie. Every Jackie Chan movie used to do this. Over the end credits to like a banging ass song, they show the outtakes from all the stunts and people being silly on the side outtakes, of the movie. Outtakes, bloopers, like them, them fucking them up, yeah. up their stunts. Like, flub, it's flub, great. Flubbing their lines, getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's it's all great fun, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's that's Wolf Warrior one, but apparently Wolf Warrior two, um, uh, the follow up uh, is even more was even more I guess in the Western press more controversial because of how um, explicitly it makes America the bad guy and how um, even more sort of uh, jingoistic and nationalistic it was. So, so Matt, what do you remember from Wolf Warrior 2? Like, what's, what's the general plot? Before I begin, I have a statement to read. Dear Eternal President Xi, from afar, I have greatly admired your stewardship of the Chinese Communist Party. It is clear by now that socialism with Chinese characteristics offers the only viable global alternative to terminally declining U.S. dollar hegemony. The comprehensive deepening of reform at home, coupled with the visionary Belt and Road Initiative abroad, are offering a stable basis for the development of a worldwide alliance of progressive national elements towards the long-term goal of overthrowing Anglo-American finance capital and establishing global communism. However... There is one issue with your leadership that sadly prevents me from offering my official endorsement of Xi Jinping thought. A black mark on your record that has become increasingly difficult to ignore. The presence of CGI blood and muzzle flashes in Chinese action blockbusters such as Wolf Warrior 2. If the 1980s style action films of your regime are going to insist on using the contemporary Washington consensus <laughs> approach to action special effects, sacrificing verisimilitude and awesomeness on an altar of grim budgetary efficiency, perhaps party-led development really is functionally identical to neoliberal capitalism. <laughs> As such, I am hereby calling for the U.S. to renew its commitment to defending the sovereignty of Taiwan, supporting the struggle of freedom fighters in Hong Kong, and calling on our State Department to increase diplomatic pressure to force regime change for to punish the continued persecution of the uh, Uyghur, Uyghurs, whatever they're called. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew oh, it was coming. Man. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Sadly, Wolf Warrior 1 and 2 does use CGI bullet hits. Yeah. I don't know what I'm watching, why I'm watching this. I'm sorry. Yes, it has all of the beats of uh, the classic 80s action films that we all loved and grew up with and that Hollywood does not make anymore, but it's uh, video game garbage. It, th there's no immersion. There's no, there's no uh, kineticism. They do use like real tanks sometimes, and some of the uh, car crashes and stuff are okay, but every time anybody gets shot, which in Wolf Warrior 2 is a ton, <laughs> it's just this... Totally uh, kayfabe-breaking eruption of, of digitized uh, viscera. And it, it just takes me out of it. And it just makes me think there is no hope that, that China cannot stand up to American hegemony because everybody at the end of the day is not going to be able to argue with the budgetary rationale uh, of not using real squibs and blanks. And it just makes me very, it makes me uh, despair for the future. That's for well, sure. Do you I mean, think, Matt, Matt, do you think that if uh, 
the Federal Republic of Yugoslavia still existed, and Tito, let's say Tito's an immortal being, which you know maybe he was, maybe he's going to yeah, come back. he's occluded. I think. Yeah, he's the occluded be, Tito. Yeah, everyone, big things coming. He's coming back. But um, do you think that would be the one country that would still make uh, movies with squibs? If they made that I big? do believe. I believe in him. I believe that the eternal Tito and his model for socialism would have uh, would have uh, given workplace power and workplace. Power would have meant, hey, let's keep the guy on set to put the fucking squibs on the guy instead yeah. of turning it over to Fiverr to do a bunch of fucking pixel bullshit. If there's one place in the world where squibs still existed is Eastern Europe. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, yeah. It's well, like, oh, I mean, somebody's that, arm gets blown off. Big deal. Give, uh, give him, I give mean, him a, a, like a giant uh, Flintstones chewables uh, container of uh, oxys and he's fine. But Matt, I mean, like, isn't it all the more depressing, like the the uh, budgetary restrictions? Because doesn't Wolf Warrior Two end with like an actual bombardment by the Chinese Navy of like a fucking like they actually blew up like with fucking like <laughs> yeah <laughs> battleship guns like an actual yeah, they fucking show, building uh, like it's like a mixture of CGI and, and actual footage of uh, rockets being launched off of a Chinese naval vessel, yeah, and then so, blowing I mean, up some tanks. I mean, like, it's it just, it, it is depressing because Wolf Warrior 1, there are probably 20 tanks, 15 Jeeps, and, like, nearly 30 helicopters of every variety, attack and transport, utilized in the filming of this movie. So, I mean, it, it, it's, you're right, it is depressing that the bullet hits are still CGI. I'm telling you, man, if they were, if they were using squibs in these movies, I would, I would be selling my services such as they are. Hell, I'd be, I, I would go be, I, I would let them send me down to the countryside. <laughs> I would harvest millet so, if I got to see action movies with fucking squibs on a consistent basis. Um, but instead, I have to rot here in America because there's, there's no hope anywhere in the world. Can you guys close your ears for a second? Just for no reason. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. President Xi, I know that we are not yet at the stage of socialism yet where we can use squibs i know that like that there has to be more development i don't really know where i know that from i just know it i feel it i feel it in my heart i know there's more stuff you have to do i'm not like i'm not a monday morning quarterback i don't do purity politics i know you're the man in the arena i know that eventually we're going to get to the point where we see squibs i will sell all three of these fucking losers out i will go there i will <laughs> i will i'm offering my services no one no one in your entire country, God bless you, you guys are doing amazing. No one in your entire country has Jewish movie magic secrets <laughs> and the secrets of TV. It is the one thing you don't have. I can offer it. I can offer it. I could, in the next century, you are going to have to compete with Ken Olin. I do not want you to fall to him. I'm offering my services. All I ask for is $10 million a year for the rest of my life forever. Thank you. And I want to be on Chinese Raya. <laughs> uh, but uh, Wolf Warrior 2 takes place in uh, Africa. In Africa, is, you know, yes. That, that's, that, that, that is really the, uh, the, the battleground for the, uh, the new Cold War between our, our, our two great powers. But like, yeah. Matt, what is the general plot of Wolf Warrior 2? Yeah. Uh, so... It starts off with a very cool uh, action scene where the wolf warrior fights a bunch of Somali pirates off the co off of a, um, a I think oil tanker uh, underwater Ooh. with uh, using uh, martial arts to defeat them. It's pretty cool. And then you get the credit sequence, and then uh, 
it's Wolf Warrior's family, or I I think the no the the family of Wolf Warriors. I think the girlfriend from the first one gets killed. Oh no! Uh, at some point, Commander Long. No. Yeah, oh, and um, and like he's back to like bring her uh like uh like her ashes or something, and her family or it's his family is fighting off real estate developers who are uh, trying to bulldoze their home. Uh, which is that's a significant phenomenon in in China in the last twenty years, and uh, interesting to see them frankly showing like yeah, there are unscrupulous real estate uh, developers in China who are knocking over people's homes, and they show the guy and he's like a classic stereotyped uh, bad capitalist, uh, and there's all these cops there to enforce the demolition, and uh, the uh, the evil real estate guy gets in Wolf Warrior's face and he just kicks him like 15 feet into a car and goes to jail. Uh, and then in jail, uh, he gets out of jail and then he just, he goes to Africa to like wander sort of like uh, like a Rambo deal. Like he's, he's left the country that has spurned him and now he's going to, he's going to wander the world. Uh, and he works as a mercenary uh, for the freighter uh, for a freighter that delivers supplies to Africa. That's where he fights off the Somali pirates. Uh, and the whole time he's been there for three years now uh, as a mercenary in China, he's carried around on his neck a bullet he found, which he uh, believes is what killed uh, his, his girlfriend. Uh, and he's in, China, he's in Africa. He's at like a port. He's with his buddies. He's partying. You find out that there's a mysterious virus sweeping through the country, uh, killing people called the uh, Lamala, Lamanla virus. And at the same time, there's a rebel army that's coming uh, to try to overthrow the government. And while they're all hanging out, uh, the rebel army shows up, starts massacring everybody with terrible bullshit CGI. Uh, and it's eventually Wolf Warrior and some other Chinese nationals are like hemmed in by this army of rebels who are going to kill them. Uh, and then the Chinese like uh, consul shows up and it's like, no, these people are Chinese. You don't get to kill them. The Africans go nuts, but you can't kill the Chinese. And so they get rescued, but then they find out that there's a factory uh, with a uh, where they're making a cure for this virus that's killing everybody, uh, and uh, that this doctor uh, is there, and he goes to rescue him, and the whole time he's fighting these um, these Blackwater type guys led by an American this time, Frank Grillo. Uh, who works for a mercenary outfit called, like, I think it's called uh, Dion Corp, which is pretty <laughs> close to the actual Dynacorp. Uh, and he's working with the rebels. And there's a bunch of stuff that happens. He uh, rescues a little girl who's like the test subject who has the antidote to the virus. He gets infected with the virus, he gets cured. Uh, <laughs> Sounds and, like there's a lot more plot in Wolf Warrior 2 than in Wolf yeah. Warrior 1. Yeah, there's a lot. He, it's, it's, he's running around. At one point, he uh, has to confront like the uh, rich army fanatic kid of a factory owner, <laughs> which is another sort of frank depiction of uh, an unwelcome development in Chinese uh, a society, which are like the, the spoiled kids of the new rich. And it, it all ends with him having a uh, confrontation with... Frank Grillo, whose character's name is Big Daddy. Nice. Uh, and 
Wait, wait, hold on a second. Tomcat and Big Daddy, are we sure they're not encouraging slash fiction in their villainous portrayals? <laughs> I don't Seriously. know about this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could be yeah, wrong and, here. And Grillo also has like he has he has Guile's haircut from Street Fighter, but black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, wait, Matt, I, I watched the trailer for Wolf Warrior 2. And it was very funny because, like, when they're doing like like the rundown of who's in the movie, and they they show the Big Daddy character, it says Frank Grillo, and then right underneath it, Captain America. <laughs> so it's like yep. uh, you you can see Wolf Warrior beat the shit out of Big Daddy Captain America because yep. you know yeah because he was just in the movie Captain America, yep. but not in fact Captain America. But I I, w- I would imagine the choice to cast yeah, Frank that was Grillo was not <laughs> accidental. <laughs> so at one point. Big Daddy shoots the Wolf Warrior, and the bullet hits his uh, uh, magazine he's got stuffed in front of his shirt, so it, it sticks thin. It doesn't kill him. And when he reaches and pulls it out and looks at it, it matches the bullet that he's been wearing around his neck, Yo. meaning that Big Daddy is the one who killed his girlfriend. And so this makes it personal. Uh, and so there's a big, long fight. It's very bloody, and he eventually just stabs Frank Grillo's brains out uh, and just smashes his skull. Uh, very cathartic. Oh, right beforehand, while they're like right next to each other, and Grillo's got his knife an inch from Wolf Warrior's face, he says something like, you people have to realize that you will always be defeated by people like me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, it's like, uh, no, bitch, uh, guess what? It's, uh, it's Chinese century, and you, you're, you're dead now. Uh, and yeah, uh, and the the mercenary army is wiped out by a volley of missiles from a Chinese naval ship. And at the very end of the film, uh, the wolf warrior who has gathered all these survivors, African and Chinese, in this factory, holds up the Chinese flag uh, to to like the uh, the rescue battalions before they come and get them. And and at the very end of the movie, uh, the, there's a shot of a Chinese passport. <laughs> Uh, and it's it just filling the whole screen, and it says, Citizens of the People's Republic of China, when you encounter danger in a foreign land, do not give up. Please remember, at your back stands a strong motherland. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wait, That's wait. so tight. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, like, this, like, this movie is ostensibly <laughs> about, like, Belt and Road stuff and, and like, uh, the, the Chinese development agenda butting up against America, but it's really for Chinese nationals who are the ones who... Uh, are building all this shit, you know, in all these city, places in Africa uh, and in uh, Central Asia where they're doing Belt and Road development to tell them, don't worry about it. If you get kidnapped, we will rescue you. <laughs> God, does the, does the U.S. passport have anything that badass um, in, the, in the fine print? No. And I, and I will say the one. So like he's not in the army here, so it doesn't really show the other wolf warriors. This one really is more like a classic American thing where yeah, he is on his personal, own. Like- the yeah, idea that like it oh it's like, uh, some guy yeah. killed his girlfriend and it's like he's sort of like yeah he he's a man apart from his country he feels alienated by it yeah yeah and it shows the how the best propaganda is is stuff that is willing to let uh, some like uncomfortable truths through because this movie like it acknowledges rapacious real estate uh, developers and corruption in China uh, it it acknowledges uh, sort of xenophobia and parochial attitudes among Chinese in Africa. Cause there's like the part where the guy goes, the Chinese, they can, they, they come with us. The rest of them, we don't care about. Uh, and you know, Wolf warrior gets sold out, but like at the end of the day, he's holding up that flag and it's, it's the Chinese military that saves the day. Uh, and there is one line, uh, talking about his time in the service 
that I thought, damn, this is so much better than anything the U.S. Army has ever fucking put out. Uh, you know, he says, you know what they say, join the army, regret it for two years. Don't join, regret it for life. Ooh, that's pretty so cool. So it's like, a, as opposed to army strong. <laughs> <laughs> army strong. It's like, this is literally saying like, you know, uh, uh, you live with the shame forever for failing to do your civic patriotic duty. Meanwhile, army strong. <laughs> Or, or the one that's meant to recruit mass shooters, Army of One. Yes. <laughs> um, hold on. I have, my pa- I have my passport right here. A lot of people don't notice this, but they do put, like, bullshit, like, Americana. Instructions? In, like, a- a- not instructions, but, like. Well, no, that's, like, every you, page they, has, like, yeah, different yeah. landmarks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, they have quotes at the top, too. Uh, Whatever America hopes to bring pass in the world must first come to pass in the heart of America. Dwight D. Eisenhower. Ah, oh, God, this is brutal. May God continue to uni- may God continue the unity of our country as the railroad unites the two great oceans of the world. Well, I guess uh, you built those. Yeah, I guess you built that, that railroad. One. Yeah, I kind of gave up on that railroad. This is this fuck this thing. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing good in there. There's nothing that's like if you're in trouble, a mighty nation is behind you. It's like yeah, it's like it might as well be like if you're in trouble, good luck. <laughs> I mean, that is the message. Yeah. Uh, America is sending everybody about everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's also a mid credit scene where you, uh, where of course Wolf Warriors brought back to the army. Uh, he has been redeemed and is shown a video that his girlfriend is still alive. Woo! Let's go. Which means, of course, time for Wolf Warrior three. That's I didn't. I had kind of an inkling that they wouldn't fully kill the girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, like, although like, who knows like said, if we're gonna get Wolf Warrior three? Because I think the Chinese are—they can't get enough of actually murdering American troops in movies about Korea right now. Yeah. <laughs> the Korean War. Those it's are like, hey, sick. yeah, it's like I it mean, took them so long to realize, hey, there was that like whole time where we just like kicked the shit out of the U.S. military for like a year, like in actual combat. Why don't we just show that instead of having like some guy be a a mercenary? Standing in for America, literally have U.S. troops just get lit up by the Red Army. Just a uh, just a little aside. This is not a Chinese film, but um, if you're looking for a great film on the Korean War, there's a Korean film you can check out. Taekuki, uh, 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 you know, you'll, you'll see. <laughs> hey, thanks for the that. recommendation, Felix. But, but it's T A E G U K G I, one word. The Brotherhood of War. Uh, the Korean movie, kind of like the Korean Saving Private Ryan, but better because the moral of Saving Private Ryan's bad. You know, yeah. sometimes, sometimes, sometimes all the brothers in a family have to die. Yeah, that's the mom's fault. <laughs> <laughs> and I really don't like how they I, uh, saved him. But Taekuki is awesome. It's a great movie. I mean, I, I do really. I, I I mean, like, I don't know if it's available to stream anywhere yet. But uh, the the new one that just came out this year, the battle at Lake Changjing, is like the new like, God knows they spent like hundreds of millions of dollars making this movie, and it's like about the like an actual battle in the Korean battle War, Shosin Reservoir, the yeah. Shosin Reservoir, yeah, where the U.S. Marines got fucking washed, and apparently like this movie's like four hours long, but I mean it looks incredible, and there are scenes where like they use real real PLA soldiers, and there are scenes with like seven hundred extras in them. Like, I mean, come on. Like, that's that's movie magic right there. I got I got to see this movie. If you're not going to get the squibs, actually having 700 people in one shot on a film, I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. That's at yeah, least some of that verisimilitude, you know? Mm. 
Whatever. <laughs> you, Matt's not going to be happy until it's 700 PLA soldiers all wired up, head to toe to squibs, all going off no, at once. See, that's, I, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you do it commando style. Yeah. One good shot of a squib, and then everyone else just falls over. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. This thing where everybody gets this giant explosion of fake-looking blood is the worst of all worlds. I think, like, I hate to say this because, you know, I agree with you, but I think we got to give up the ghost. You know, it's like it's like the high-speed commuter rail in America. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's happening. Sad, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to take it on the chin. Just like saving Private Ryan's mom, the worst mother in history. <laughs> this fucking stupid woman didn't teach any of her sons how to be safe in a war. Well, yeah. Got everyone I mean, killed. It's funny, I don't, like, like I th- basic situational awareness clearly missing there in the Ryan family. Yeah, so like, yeah. All, all her, all her kids were like, "Oh, mom, if I'm ever in a war, what do I do if there's a landmine?" And she's like, "I don't, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm, dr- I'm, I'm drinking the, the Sprite that has heroin in it from 1912. <laughs> I don't care." Spe- speaking of landmines, well, we didn't mention that there is a pretty badass scene in Wolf Warrior One where uh, the Wolf Warrior steps on a landmine but notices it before he lifts his foot up. And there's like a tense scene of like, how is he going to beat it? And then he just ends up taking the landmine explosion and like surviving it due to his like yeah, mental just, fortitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, you just, if you, if you're really good at breathing, you could, yeah. you can, you could survive the landmine. If you, yeah. If you notice you have stepped on a landmine and then just concentrate really hard on not dying, you can survive a landmine. What um, a, what a cultural difference between America and China in America, you know, it's sort of the Looney Tunes thing, where if you're running off a cliff, you could kind of keep going if you don't notice it. <laughs> but in China, like, you can only survive falling off the cliff if you acknowledge it. Well, I mean, just like sort of like, uh, like just sort of wrap things up here. I mean, talk about the uh, the one that just came out, like Battle of Lake Changjing, which I think is like very clearly China's attempt to do their Saving Private Ryan, attempt to kind of like mythologize and valorize their 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 military achievements of the past. Like it's a, it's a real thing. Like Saving Private Ryan opens with you know Normandy and then tells a fictional story. But you're right, the the story of Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan, in the context of World War Two, is a little bit corny. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, why does this one fucking family get to have their their kid saved at the expense of like ten other guys? <laughs> like, would would China make a, like say the same version about the Chosen Reservoir, where it's about they have to save one Chinese soldier when like millions of people are being killed? Who no. literally then went on to just raise some shitty fucking grandkids yeah. who are like visibly bored at Normandy? <laughs> There's, there is a Chinese, there is a Chinese version of this movie, and it's called The Bad Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Bad Santa. Like she's, she's bad at keeping her son safe. Um, yeah, no. I when you see Saving Private Ryan, and he like goes to the he goes to the tombstone, and his shitty grandkids are like, Granddad, I want to do the floss dance, even though it's like 1998. It, it's like, yeah, was this worth it? No. We had to give up Vin Diesel for this asshole. <laughs> and Barry Pepper. Yeah. And and, and the, the, the you know the Jewish guy and uh Paul Giamatti. No, I think he lived. Yeah, the, the Jewish guy, it's like, oh, they didn't take enough L's in that war. <laughs> didn't like go bad enough for us. We had to all also like just fucking eat it on the soldier side for just yeah. this, well, no, this yeah, corno. They, they they traded this increasingly precious resource, Jews in the 40s, for another fucking square-headed Mick. Oh, yeah, America doesn't have enough potato-eating dipshits from Iowa. Oh, my God. What an upsetting film. Well, I'm like, yeah, 
Fuck, fuck, fuck that movie. Fuck the, fuck the. Yeah, Ryan but that opening family. scene, come on. That's awesome. Yeah. Gets off, every, it gets off the fucking thing and they just get absolutely lit up. It's terrible. Yeah, but like that movie just in its heart is terrible because it's Spielberg, the most skilled American propagandist being like. It's, it's true. You have to always sacrifice the community for the individual. Mm, um, true. If you'd like, a, actually, if you if you'd like a better take on the Normandy landings, watch Samuel Fuller's Big Red One. Oh, uh, and hell also, yeah! And also his movie about the Korean War, but that was made like right after it that everyone forgot about, called The Steel, Steel Helmets. Steel Helmets. And yes. Samuel Fuller was actually like a combat veteran of World War II, and his take on Normandy and like the World War II general like American mythology is very is way more it's a way more jaundiced view of like yep. being a soldier than Steven Spielberg gave you. Yep. Even though Steven Spielberg's version is more like viscerally horrifying and like you know you know, but that scene in Big Red One in Normandy where they just draw numbers to yep. see who's just go over the fucking to, thing to, and it's to just make the batarang thing yeah blow yeah up exactly the, the that wire, it, yeah it's like and like that that's more like the wolf warrior thing because it's like when your number is called you just go and yep. then they they go through 12 guys one after the other like just getting taken out yep. and it's just that like that guy gets that, his ball blown off by the fucking bouncing betty and Lee Marvin's just like, oh yeah, you're fine with one of them. Throws it over his shoulder. <laughs> I, big Big Red One is sick. That's back when directors uh, had life experience beyond directing movies. Well, yeah, yeah, no, because the average like 35 year old who directed a movie then had already like fought in a war and been divorced <laughs> twice. Yeah. Now it's like now it's like fucking Dan Harmon who's like. Well, I finally got my first girlfriend when I'm 47. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't you know it? That makes me cry, too. <laughs> uh, also, uh, check out Big Red One if you'd like to see a Mark Hamill performance that isn't a deep fake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, real Hamill action. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, there, so there you go. Uh, my fellow wolf warriors, um, if anyone offends China, no matter how remote, will you exterminate them? I'll give it my best shot. <laughs> with with All duty I promise is my best. Again, when I do the show, I'm not thinking of killing. I'm only thinking of saving the lives of my comrades. It is an honor to do my duty. I fight for China. That's right. Until uh, next time, fellas. Bye. Next time.